Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 107 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. My guest this episode is the coach of one of the newest clubs, one of the founders of one of the newest clubs, the North Texas Devils of the USAFL. That's Mr. James Henderson, and uh, James uh, was on the show about a year ago, and a lot has happened in this past year. I had him on the show way back in episode 67, so if you listen to this one and you hear where he happens to be right now, where the club is right now, go back and listen to episode 67, and you can see where he was a year ago and how far this club has come in just a short period of time. James, thanks for coming back on, man. It's always great to talk with you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back on. That's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I I really enjoy, you know, keeping in touch with you because we traded text messages and that sort of thing throughout this last year. And it's, it's just been an absolute delight watching your team gain traction and start to grow and, and see some success. And it, it's uh, you, you've just got to be tickled pink, you know, about that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we can dive into some details, but, um, you know, I never would have thought 12 months ago um, this is sort of a, a concept and an idea that we'd be, you know, entering into our first nationals in, in just nine days time. So um, it's, it's just been an amazing ride, an amazing journey, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work from a lot of people, but, you know, it's just been fantastic to get to where we are now. So as we're sitting down to record this on Thursday afternoon, uh, we're about a week away, nine days or so from final starting. Uh, has the excitement started to set in or, you, or is there more nervousness? <laughs> Uh, definitely a little bit of an element of both. Um, okay. I know from the team perspective, the, the, the guys are absolutely pumped. They can't wait to get down to Austin. And how far away? It's a couple hours away. I've, I've not been to either, you know, Plano or to yeah, Austin it's, uh, before. It's about, it's about a three hour drive. Okay. Um, now we, uh, nationals is in the Southern part of Austin. So it might be a tad longer than that, maybe a little over three hours, but yeah, not, not too far. So we, we're in a fortunate fortunate position that we can drive down there as opposed to um, some of the other guys that, you know, from other clubs that have to fly in. Okay. So what are you most excited about? Um, I think there's a couple of things there, Craig. I, I think on behalf of the players, you know, the fact that they get to participate in a tournament of this magnitude, um, that they get to see, you know, really the cream of the crop as the Div 1 teams go at it and you know, get to watch the Div 2 teams, some of which they've played go at it as well. So I just think the, the atmosphere and having the team, you know, really engaged and involved in that is something that I know I and, and they are looking very forward to. Um, from a club perspective as well, you know, we we set out um, not really having any players or having anyone. And, and as you probably know, a majority of our people are brand new to the game, only picking it up this year and some of them only in the last couple of months. So for us, it's a real um, test and measure as to, you know, how far we've come and, um, how we sort of fare against the other teams in the division that we've been put in as well. So um, I think they're the two two biggest things for us, just being part of the tournament and seeing how well we can go at it. Okay. So this was the first season for the Devils, and, I, and I've kind of been following along on Instagram, and it's been and, – and the other social media. It's, it's been fun watching your club grow every week or two as a new player comes on board and has discovered this great game. Uh, how did your season go? Were you satisfied with the way the the, the season went as you progressed along? Uh, I'd say absolutely resoundingly yes. <laughs> um, 
I say that because when we first set out uh, to start this club and grow the club, you know, we spoke to a few other clubs or, or uh, other people around the league and, you know, we heard from so many people some of the challenges in even being able to get enough players at certain clubs. So um, in full transparency, our goal for 2021 was to build the club to a size that we could actually field a full team. That was it. You know, that, that okay. was what we wanted to achieve. Um, we actually successfully had a full team in the first game. And so it's just really been building on wow. that team from that point in time. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, expect us to necessarily be be winning a whole bunch of games, but we are, we've come out at the end of the season with a record of two and five. So um, for us in that first season with all new people and, and being able to field that, not just a whole team, we have uh, about 47, 48 people now paid up on usafl.com uh, in terms of register with the league. And, a few other people that were just more um, within the club, not wanting to play league-sanctioned games. So you know, we got fifty plus people in in the first year, which has just been a tremendous success. That's fantastic. That that that's that's I I have to be honest that that number is bigger than I thought it was going to be. So that is terrific. And and how many of those players are you able to take with you, or are you going to be taking with you down to Austin? Yeah, so the, the rules are uh, a squad of 24 has to okay. be sort of yeah. named and nominated. Any additional players you have are essentially reserves or some of those players may have the ability to join other combined teams in Division 4. Mm-hmm. Um, we currently, as of this moment, have 22 players that are registered and paid up because there's, there's registration fee for the Nationals. Um, and we're waiting on about another five or six of our players to do that. So we should be taking a squad of about 28, 29 um, down to Austin. Okay. Okay. That's not bad at all. That's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's been a lot of, of fun. And I, and I asked you, you know, before we started the, the episode here, I said, are, are, you know, your year personally has been a lot, a lot of change as well, along with this club. So you, you've had it, it, upheaval is not the right word to use, but you've had a lot of significant change in your life in the past year. And, you know, mm-hmm. two, fan, two fantastic things happening uh, with you. Um, when nationals are done and you've come home and maybe you guys, you know, you get together and you, you, you go out to the, because I, I remember correctly, one of the uh, sponsors you have for, club, for the club is a local watering hole, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, and you guys sit down there and you get home, you're going to look in the mirror and say, man, we accomplished a lot this year. We got a lot done. <laughs> Um, look, I, I, when I, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's been a group effort from everyone who's been involved, the players, the board, the, the club supporters. Um, I think everyone can really take stock and, and be happy with what we've achieved and how much we've achieved. And um, I definitely think there's going to be a little bit of a sigh of relief at the end of the season um, as we, you know, we've been going pretty hard uh, for, for about 12 months since, since this concept of the club came about. Um, so I think everyone's looking forward to a break. To be honest as well, though, I mean, I've already started my 2022 plan. So I think that the the, the sit down and relax part of things for me um, might not be as long as I might have wanted to, as, as we are already sort of in talks with various groups, not to give too much away, uh, groups and sponsors and other things as well for 2022. Great. Um, so, yeah, it's not, not going to be too much rest time in the middle, but, you know, we're happy with what we've done now. Now I I know last winter was a bit of an aberration in Texas because uh, it was it was a little strange. Um, mm-hmm. But if if you don't have a winter like that, is is there an opportunity for you guys to still get out and work together and train during the winter months? 
Uh, there are some things that we're working on, Craig, that um, may be able to provide us with that opportunity. Okay. And even if there is a winter like last year, um, we are in talks uh, for a venue that might be able to utilize some indoor space. Nothing's finalized at this time, but you know we're in talks at the moment. So um, we will have a backup in case there is a Texas winter like we had last it's, year. Uh, it's, it's very kind of Jerry Jones to open up his stadium for you to do that. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, not not Jerry, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep working that angle. <laughs> so, you know, I have to. I guess I have to ask you the flip side of the coin. Is there anything that went on that you said to yourself, "Boy, we should have done that just a little differently"? Um, yeah, there, there's been a couple of things. You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty vision. So as you look back, you know, you sort of say, "Well, I could have tweaked this or done that or or what have you." Um, if you're looking for some specifics, you know, I think one or two of the things I'd probably say is it's been an incredibly long season. Um, mm -hmm. We started our sort of season training uh, way back in sort of the end of February of this year. And most clubs, I don't think, start for at least a couple of months after that. Being a brand new club, what we wanted to make sure, though, is that we really gave people a foundation in skills. Um, so we probably spent a month month and a half uh, just focused on skills clinics and just focused on um, trying to bring some people together. Um, so those sort of things, you know, suddenly makes an eight month season where we've actually only played eight games in that eight month season right, outside right. of Metro games. It, it just makes it a very long season. Um, okay. So that's one thing that I'd, I'd probably shorten uh, going forward. Okay. Now, do you have a, uh, I'm guessing, cause you, you were with the, uh, the other local club at one time as well. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm sure you had made treks to Austin for games in the past. Do you, do you have do you have a favorite restaurant in Austin that you can't wait to get back to? <laughs> uh, nobody can go past. Uh, is, is it Wine Barbecue? Uh, I think that's the name of it. Um, there's a couple of good barbecue joints down there. I don't eat Texas barbecue too often unless I've got a visitor in town or unless I'm traveling to a location. So uh, there's a couple of places down in, in Austin where there's some pretty good barbecue. You've got to get into that. Okay. Uh, and I, I've been asking other people this as well, that, you know, of course, the, the goal is to, to win nationals, but just in case that doesn't happen and, you know, you've got, you know, you're facing the, you know, you've got in your, uh, in your bracket, you've got the reserves from, from Denver and Denver is a huge, mm -hmm. very, you know, well built squad there. You've got the combination group of the, the Minneapolis club and the one from Kansas city as well. And then the, the Okies from Oklahoma, which I didn't realize that when even it existed, I, I missed that one completely. Um, if you don't come out with the cup, what, what does a successful national still look like? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start by saying this, you know, just, just being at nationals is, is success already. Um, okay. Going okay. from going from a club, you know, as I said twelve months ago that didn't exist to to being there, that's that's a win. Um, being able to go down there with a full team, you know, for us is is another part of a win. You know, as you sort of mentioned, there are some teams combining. A lot of that's due to COVID and um, people mm -hmm. unable to travel or train this year and a whole bunch, you know, host of different reasons. But we're really proud of the fact that we can bring an entire squad down um, to be able to participate. I think the other thing that's for us um, a redeeming sort of factor of everything we've done this year is, you know, we have been putting, you, you mentioned some really good teams uh, in that division, that in our pool within that division. Um, we're a first year club and we're going up against some clubs that have been around for, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So for us to have even been named in Div 3 uh, as opposed to Div 4, um, 
you know, for, for us, we saw that as a bit of a win too, because I think that's the league's recognition in some of our performance and some of our growth. Um, whether or not we win games in that division, you know, that's yet to be seen. Um, we did have a couple of wins this year, as I mentioned. It, it's it's very difficult, Craig, to sort of really assess each individual team and how they've gone throughout the season because it was a truncated season. Um, and we also know that a lot of teams don't necessarily travel as well as when they play at home with respect mm-hmm. to the number of players and numbers. So um, just by way of example, you know, when we went up to Oklahoma, uh, they gave us a fairly resounding uh, beating and welcome to the USAFL. <laughs> um, but then when they traveled down here, they, they had a, a, a depleted side that they brought down and, and we uh, managed to get over the top of them in, in a shortened game okay. and a bit of a round robin with Austin B. So um, it, it, it's really hard to tell uh, how we're going to end up going. But as I said, just being their success for us. Okay. Got just a couple more things that I want to ask you here. And uh, well, well, I guess one I want to ask you, how many... How many Australian expats do you have on your club besides yourself? Um, besides myself. So I, I, I don't play. I just coach. Um, okay. So in terms of the playing group itself, um, uh, you're putting me on the spot a little bit. We actually had, there's two different groups I like to call it. So in terms of Australians, I think we have five or six. Okay. Uh, in terms of people with experience in Australian football, it's about four. Okay. Uh, I say that because we do have two Australians in our team who had never played Australian football until they joined our team. So they, they were evidently from Queensland. <laughs> uh, one, one, one was, one from okay. country New South Wales. Uh, one, one's a basketballer, one's a rugby guy. So uh, okay. They, okay. I think Aussie rules is so great because it sort of brings Australians and markets together um, surrounding a sport like Aussie rules. So that's why I think a lot of clubs have that same thing. They, they end up with a lot of Australians who... Um, who end up joining the Aussie rules clubs having never played footy in Australia. So what do you think, you know, because the game, you know, many of the games are going to be broadcast live on YouTube. What do you think that, that people in Australia should know about this tournament and why should they tune in to watch some of these games? Uh, That's a great question. I think that um, one thing a lot of the Australians don't know is how the divisions work, how the brackets work and how some of the rules are around the USAFL and the team configurations. And so specifically to that, um, you know, there is a maximum of 50% Australians allowed on the field at any one time. So any Australians that are at home watching this game, you're not watching 18 Australians on the field run around who have played this game their whole life. You're mm-hmm. watching a maximum of nine Australians on the field for each team and nine Americans or, or, you know, yeah, primarily Americans. Uh, actually, I just mentioned Australians. I should say non-nationals of the U.S. So uh, okay. English, Irish, New Zealand, whatever, they all count as as non-nationals. Um, so some of the teams that you'll see, you know, we, we played as the Devils uh, a couple of games this year with zero Australians on the field. Um, so that's something that, you know, people can bear in mind as they watch this, that they're watching people who didn't grow up playing this game, didn't mm-hmm. start in Little League, um, in our team, again, we, we've got people in their 20s and 30s that, you know, literally are learning a brand new game. And um, that's kind of exciting to see how quickly they adapt to the to this something that they've never seen or played before. Okay. And I know you I know you had a huge watch party for the grand final. But, you know, prior to that, you know, a lot of these people who are new to the game, have they become fans of the AFL itself in terms of watching the games now? Uh, some of them have for sure. Okay. Some of okay. them still don't watch, uh, don't watch the games given time zones or some difficulties yeah. in watching over here. But, um, 
some of the guys have suddenly become diehard fans, which is really great to see. They've picked teams or, you know, still debating which teams they want to pick and pick favorite players. And um, obviously Mason Cox always gets mentioned as an American. Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, some of the... Don't pick a team yet because I think he's moving. Uh, uh, well, I, I think who knows about that? Sounds like, uh, sounds like he might be headed to Brisbane. Actually, uh, there's there's a few rumors swirling. Yeah, who, yeah. who knows? Uh, maybe we can ask him at nationals because he'll be there. But oh, will um, he be? Will he? Ter- terrific, terrific. Yeah, he he he'll be there. And what uh, one of the things that um, I'm telling our guys is let's not pick a team if they can, if they don't have to, and wait for uh, wait for Tasmania to enter the league. There you go. There you go. Now my last question for you here. Um, you're not. I know you're not going to forget your your uh, polo shirt, your shorts and that sort of thing. But, uh, and maybe this question doesn't necessarily apply to you since you're only the coach, but I, I'm going to go ahead and ask this. What is the one thing that you have already put into your car to make sure you don't leave it behind? (laughs) Uh, I'm chuckling because uh, my car's still got some stuff in it from training the other night. I took half the things out, half not. So the football is in there and uh, I've already put the playing kit for all the players because that, gets washed and brought over to my house each week. And, um, and that's already in the car as well. So I'll be in a lot of trouble if I leave the playing kit behind there. And, and you're, you're pretty, you're pretty adept at using the washing machine. Uh, I am, but okay. we, we have a volunteer system where okay. Okay. Each, each week will do it. So it's not resting on my okay. shoulders or my family's shoulders. So, uh, yeah, well, that, that's what I was getting there. at. That's what I was getting at right there. I wasn't, I wasn't, honey, it's time to do this. <laughs> I'm going to do the watch again. No, no, no. Definitely, uh, <laughs> no. Her, her gift to me is like giving me the time to be able to go and do this. Anything yes. outside of that, I think I'm asking a little too much. And you know what? It's uh, It has been an absolute delight watching your club's progress this year, and it's going to be great to watch you going forward. I wish you the absolute best of luck and, and health in, uh, in Austin this week. Have a great time. Uh, this is, uh, it's, you know, I got to watch my first games in person back in August and it was, uh, yeah. And it had, you know, they had the clubs there from, uh, Columbus and Cincinnati and Nashville. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And one of the guys that was with Nashville is now actually playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The guy guy that was playing ruck for them. and, And he looked, it was, you know, I've watched enough of the game from Australia to know, when somebody is just, he looked like, in my opinion, he looked like the way Max gone looked the last few rounds. He was, he was everywhere. It was just, it was phenomenal to watch him play. Um, But I'm glad, but I'm glad he's, you know, he's, he's got himself a, a steady job uh, with what he's doing right now. But um, thanks for taking time out of your afternoon for coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest was James Henderson of the North Texas Devils. James, Thanks. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up, sir? Uh, no, I just, from, from my perspective, Craig, thanks for always being a supporter of the club um, and for having us on a couple of times. And, and hopefully a lot of your listeners will be able to jump onto our social media pipes, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything. You'll find us all at, oh. uh, at, at NTX Devils. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get you down to one of the nationals one of these days soon. And I hope see so all too. this live. Hopefully, you know, if they can, you know, get one of those in Cincinnati or Columbus for sure, or Indianapolis or something like that, I'm definitely going to be there. If it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a close drive, I will be there. Thanks, James. Okay. Have a great time there. Okay. Thanks, mate. Thank you. And again, a huge thank you to James Henderson of the North Texas Devils for taking some time out of his 
evening to sit down and talk with me. It has been phenomenal watching that club grow from its infancy to to where it is today and to have a squad of, as he said, they're close to 50 players on it as of right now. Absolutely impressive. If you need a blueprint on how to get a team going and get one built and get it up and running, uh, James might want to go ahead and publish a how-to book on that because it was really fantastic the way he went about doing that. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't get to some of the, the customary things of each episode. Uh, today's club of the episode is the Black Rock Jets Football and Netball Club. The Jets have been in existence since 1908, and I'm guessing there was probably a name change in there somewhere, and I did a little bit of reading on the club, but I could not find evidence of when a name change took place. But uh, they've been in existence since 1908. And they currently play in the Southern Football and Netball League. And the footy teams play their home contests at the William Street Reserve in Brighton, south of the St. Kilda Botanical Gardens. Like every Victorian local club this year, their season was, sh- was cut short. And here is hoping that the, uh, and they got to play into the end of July. Here is hoping that the Jets can, I'm going to use that bad pun, can soar to great heights next year with COVID hopefully under control. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider checking it out. You can leave a voicemail there. You can leave a review for the podcast, which would be great. It'd be great if you could hop onto Amazon, or not Amazon, but Apple, and leave a review there as well. That would really help out in terms of triggering their... Uh, algorithms to get my podcast in front of some more ears, if you will. Um, Remember, you can also um, sign up for the mailing list there, and you can also sign up under the register as a guest section. And one of the things that I'm going to be looking to do here in the next couple of weeks, once the draft is wrapped up, is to sit down and talk with fans from all 18 clubs to get their thoughts on their club's trade period as well as their draft results and I'm really interested to see on what see what everybody thinks about how each of the clubs fared during this this time period okay so that's that uh, register as a guest section there as well if you want to help out the show don't forget you can check out the buy me a coffee page on my website all that money if anything comes in goes to uh, paying fees to keep the podcast up and running uh, hosting fees, the fees for the website, that type of thing. Truly appreciate it if you uh, want to help out there. You can also check out my Redbubble page. Don't forget that if you are interested in being a guest on the show, as I'd mentioned, there's the guest intake form for you there as well. Uh, I will put a link for that in the show notes. And as I mentioned, now that you've listed, it'd be fantastic if you could hop on to Podchaser or onto Apple and leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you think of the show. Let others know what you think of the show and why they should take time out of their day to listen to what I have to say. Don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com at yank underscore on, on Twitter at a yank on the footy on Instagram and Facebook as well. And, uh, would love to hear from you. If you remember the episode that came out, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, my interview with Michael Ross, I posed a question for those of you who were footy fans, but also fans of games of game of Thrones. 
And I, I asked the question that if you're a Game of Thrones fan, what footy personality, whether they are a player or a coach or somebody in the media or somebody running the league or in one of the club's front offices, do you think could play a role on Game of Thrones? And what character might they be? And maybe it's one of the characters from the show, and there are hundreds to choose from. But maybe it's a completely different character that might have some sort of a skill set that we never considered before. Maybe they'll show up in the prequel series that's getting ready to come out. So I'd love to hear from you on that. You could drop me a voicemail on my website with that. Um, you could leave a note on the website as well. That'd be fantastic if you had some ideas on that. That would be great. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I do appreciate you listening. I hope you'll consider sharing the show with your friends and family. We are in the the kind of downtime of the season. Once the trade period and the draft is over, we've got a few months to wait before training starts back up again. Fortunately, the AFLW will be getting, be beginning here very soon. Of course, the uh, USAFL Nationals will be uh, played this coming weekend in Austin, Texas. And as soon as I find the source in where in which the games will be broadcast online where you can actually tune in and watch the games i will provide a link for that because i think it would be great uh inter- great entertainment to turn tune in and listen to what the uh commentators are saying and to watch some some good footy here in the u.s now again you know we've got you know, some aussie expats playing here we've got a lot of americans who are playing a game that they have fallen in love with and uh they're going to want to put on a show for themselves as well as for those of you who are watching online. So hopefully you'll consider checking that out. Um, you know, we love this game, whether it's at the, uh, the juniors level, the, uh, the OS kick level, or all the way up through seniors and professional. Okay. But ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And until next time, I'll catch you later. This has been episode 107 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find everything related to the podcast on my website, ayankonthefooty.com, and I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.